how we say it in Detroit. What up, though? Hi, <laughs> my name is Samantha L, and I am your host. I am the writer of nonfiction books, Life After the Hell, A Single Mom's Triumph to Become Balanced and in Control of Her Mental Health. I wrote this book to inspire so many people in darkness and confusion, especially women. I wrote this book to show many women and the men, too, that need this message. The message that there is life after the hell. There's so much hell going on it's been going on for a long time yeah. but all of us many of us have our own personal hell and um I thank God for his healing and deliverance and for bringing me out of so much darkness I was dark I was in the dark but I still operated you know in light I know I feel to be depressed and deep, deep depression, experiencing very great mental health issues, and I even developed an um, alter ego, an alter ego that came, you know, to help me fight, that protect, I felt like protected me because of so much hurt and trust issues that I had from my experiences in life, but the Lord, the Lord Yes, I believe in the Lord. I love the Lord. I know Christians, some Christians might be tuning in and be like, she don't believe in Jesus. But I do. So much I went through in life brought me to the real, the real meaning of Jesus within my being. And I got away from certain beliefs about him and traditions. I had to change the way I believed. A lot um, was put. I just, I just got away from a lot of the slave, the slave mentality in Jesus. You know, that was put on, put on many people of color during, um, during the slavery time and our ancestors. So I got away from that. I woke up from that, and um, it, I had to do so much work within myself and on myself. It was, it was so hard. It was hard as hell, yo. But um, I, I just, I just, I thank God. I thank love. I thank love. I like Bob Marley say, my religion is love. So I love, I dig Bob Marley. My daddy, you know, used to listen to him when I was a little girl. So I respect a lot of what he said because of everything he said was the truth. A lot of what he said was the truth. I didn't agree with, I, you know, I take that back. I said everything he said was the truth. I don't believe everything he said was the truth, but I believe a lot of what he said was the truth. I think he was a he was a, um, a beautiful spirit, so I rock with a lot of what he said. <laughs> Anyways, this is Life After the Hell podcast. I want to welcome everybody who's tuning in. I am a living testament that there is life after the hell. God's love is so real, and it's right behind all the mess hearts. He cleans out the mess. You let him. 
reading from chapter 9 in the book. So, I'm going to get started because this is like a long chapter and I really just want to enjoy reading to y'all who tuning in. And um, I hope that whatever I read, whoever hear this message, whoever tune in and need this message, I pray you, you take some light from it. You take some love from it. I pray that what I say touch you, you know? Don't kill yourself. Don't do nothing stupid. Don't do it. But just hear my story and let it inspire you some way. All right? It's okay to cry. It's okay to vent. Vent to God. It's okay. Don't ever let nobody make you feel like it ain't okay. Vent. Get it out your system. Go off your head to. Don't cut God out. Go off your head to. Vent to him. Vent. And get all that mess out of you. Alright. With that being said, I'm going to start reading from chapter 9. Grab your drink. Whatever drink you like. Water. Tea. Um, Crevassier. You know, I don't know. Do you. Grab your french fries. Grab your honey. Whatever you grab, just grab it. And let's get it on. Let's rock up with this reading from nonfiction book, Life After the Hell, A Single Mom's Triumph to Become Balanced and In Control of Her Mental Health. The title of Chapter 9 is High School Drama. I did wait to lose my virginity. I waited until I was 18. I was with this guy for two years before having sex. That brings me to high school. I used to sneak behind my parents' back a lot in high school. I had lived with my aunt and uncle. I went behind their backs to see my then-boyfriend. I went behind their backs too. The first high school I went to was Denby. I started out doing good. One morning, I was on my way to the bus stop. I was in the ninth grade when this happened. I noticed a man following me to school. I learned that this guy would follow my bus to school every day. My heart guided me to pay attention to this specific car that sat on the corner every morning and outside the store where the bus had dropped us teenagers off. One day, I guess the, this man got tired of following the bus and decided to follow me down the street. This time, I noticed him following me going home. I screamed and called one of the OGs in my old neighborhood. He was like a big brother. I screamed his name out, and the man stormed off. I had a lot of love and dislike thing going on with my with me as a teenager. I was shapely as a teenager. I had no idea how being curvy and young could get you stalked by grown men. I was very, I was Miss Naivety. I thank God for OJ being around that day. OJ was a neighbor. After the man finally stopped following me, 
the bad dreams that I was having stopped. I was so afraid to go to school though. I told security and I think I told my parents. I don't remember, but I never saw that man nor his car again. I prayed so much during this time. I think about how many times God has saved my life and how the great spirit was around me even in my teenage years. I walked blindly through my teenage years. After the man's incident following me, you would think that I wouldn't do some of the things I did in ninth grade. I was fast. That's what some of the old heads would call it. Child, you were hot in the ass, is how some of the black community elders would put it. <laughs> my mind stayed on boys. I did my schoolwork, but it stayed on boys. While I dressed covered, I still had a shape and like boys. I remember having my first boyfriend in the sixth grade. I had my second one in the seventh and eighth grades. I almost had sex in the sixth grade. Thank God I didn't. Dang, I was fast. I was fast. I kissed a lot in the sixth grade. I kissed only one boy in the sixth grade. Samantha kept the same boyfriend in the seventh and eighth grades. My obsession with boys started so early. This idea of romance and relationships started with me at so young. I blame it on the pornos. They made the nature, or the ones that I watched, made the nature of sex look nice because of how they communicated when not being intimate. The family acting was great. I've grown so much from this experience. I've learned on my journey with sex not to give myself away because of a feeling. The youth do this so much because of a feeling and you know they don't have any guidance, the guidance they need. Never have sex when you don't have the emotional maturity to handle it. I've learned to take my time in life and with men. I rushed a lot. Running to be involved in a relationship to me means giving yourself help to clean up later. Sex is a gift from God and it ought to be treated with respect and care. One's body is a sacred thing. A woman's body is, a, is sacred because of the womb she carries. I've learned to love myself by embracing this truth about God. I've learned to honor my sexuality through this understanding and my mistakes. It wasn't made to move fast for someone. Sex was made for two people who love each other and who respect each other. It was created to replenish the earth and for good purposes. Huge responsibilities come with sex. It's essential as a young lady to love yourself and not to think that you have to have sex with someone for them to like you. Sex comes with responsibilities beyond kids. The youth need to be taught this. It's a union of energy that happens. And when a woman takes a man's energy into her, she is taking on his karma and life force within him. A lot of times we do stuff to ourselves. We damn ourselves by the choices we make. 
but the Creator loves us so much to show us our mistakes so we would not repeat those choices. I skipped in the ninth grade to go and be with boys. I never had sex, but I smoked and drank alcohol. I remember getting caught by my dad. My parents would let me go over a classmate's house that lived on Rosemary. I had two people that I knew back in the day that lived on Rosemary. We all hung together. I knew what I was doing wasn't right. One day in the ninth grade, I went to a party. I smoked some marijuana and went home with a buzz. I got home and went straight to the kitchen and got something to eat and then to my bed. When I came into the house, my dad noticed that I went straight to my bedroom and five minutes later came into my room and started talking to me. (laughs) I'll never forget this day. All I can remember saying is, please don't let him look in my eyes. Dang, Samantha, why would you come right home after smoking marijuana? Why? Next thing you know, my dad asked me. (laughs) He asked me, he said, Samantha, you high? My response was, no, no dad, I'm not high. I haven't smoked. He responded with a look of suspicion on his face. Oh, Mm mm-hmm. Well, when you came in, you went straight to the kitchen and got some of my hangover soup. I was like, oh, I didn't know that it was hangover soup. I thought it was some creative spaghetti. (laughs) We were poor and didn't have much food at times. He was like, no, that's hangover soup. Look at me. I'm going to I'm going to slow motion now. Saying to myself, Samantha, you are in big trouble now, girl. You do not to smoke that weed. <laughs> I felt bad. I felt like I had let my parents down after they found out about me smoking marijuana. I was punished for a long time after that. I couldn't go anywhere, have company over, or anything. I was often ashamed as a teenager to have my friends come over because of how our home looked. I was so embarrassed, I really was. So my not having company didn't bother me, but my having to stay in the house did. (laughs) I learned my lesson after that. My parents tried to work their marriage out. They split again. I think this time, my siblings and I had separated. I don't remember how it all worked out. I ended up going to stay with my dad's brother and mom's sister, the ones I spoke of in the beginning, whose backs I snuck behind to see my damn boyfriend. Things were so unstable. I noticed I noticed some of these habits going on with me as an adult with my family. I moved in with my aunt and started attending Southeastern High School. I was kind of grateful to be away from the bad influences that were in my old neighborhood. I wanted a positive, a positive 
adolescent life, so I tried my best to do better at SE. I got my third job while attending Southeastern. I had always worked. I started making my own money at the age of 12. I caught the bus to work from the east side to the west side at 12 to and from work. I was much more focused at SE than I was at Denby. I still was obsessed with boys, but I was more focused on my schoolwork. I listened to my teachers more and started to enjoy school. I loved life at SE. High school at SE was pretty cool. Living with my aunt was pretty cool. I met my first real boyfriend while attending Southeastern. I was crazy over this dude. I remember us going out on dates and stuff. That's really when boy, that's really when boy trouble started. I really didn't have boy trouble back then, but when I when I when I when I fell for Dwayne, I thought I was in love. He was my first. I allowed him to take my virginity after almost two years of us knowing each other. I was 16 when we met. I was such a sucker for boys. I loved having someone to talk to and to kiss and to study with. I used to try to skip school with my first. I used to spend the night over his house. I would lie to my aunt and tell her that I would spend the night over a friend's house and go over my boyfriend's house. I started lying to my aunt in the 12th grade. My first, my first cheated on me and gave me an STD. I was like 19 or 20 when this happened. He broke up with me and I took it hard. He would think that I would have taken, you would think that I would have taken it well being that he cheated on me and gave me an STD. I was so foolish, dumb, and naive. My self-esteem was so low. One wouldn't have known by my appearance. Yeah, one would not have known by my appearance. <sighs> wow, my life is wild. My life was crazy as a teenager, yo. I'm glad I came open about this because it's a lot of young girls that need this, that need this, this writing and this, this knowledge and this wisdom and this experience and testimony. So <laughs> I don't advise. I know it's a lot of kids. My kids probably didn't did it. They probably didn't experiment it with some things. I don't know, but I'm just thankful that I done made a lot of changes. Probably some young girls out in society today that's been, been 
and stop by grown men. Young girl. Grown. Stop by grown men. I just want to say, if you, if y'all tuning in to the show, y'all, y'all can email me at Samantha Felicia L at gmail.com. Speak about it. Tell somebody. Don't hold it in. Don't hold it in. Don't hold it in. Talk about it. Tell your parents. Tell your guardians. If you don't have parents, and just talk to somebody about it. Go to the police. Go to your school principal. Go to your school counselor. Talk about it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Growing up, I know so many grown men was attracted to me. And this ain't me bragging. I'm not bragging at all. But, you know, it's like this today with young girls. Know, grown men attracted to young girls and you know we ought to speak up on this so our young girls can be safe shoot our young boys too our society is today <laughs> speak up on it bring some light and love into the situation <sighs> anyways um i just want to thank y'all for tuning in to um, the podcast tonight it was an honor to read and i look back I look forward to to one day reading in faith, in person, reading to an audience in person. You know, I don't know how God is going to work it out, but I'm looking forward to reading in person and let God do what he do. Let my story touch who it touch. And yeah, just going from there. Um, please be sure to, to subscribe or leave feedback. I really like feedback. Yeah. Let me know, like, just what you think. All right? Um, I do have social media platforms. Um, you can find me on Facebook as author Samantha L. Um, and I'm on Instagram as writer, writer underscore Samantha L. I'm working on a YouTube channel. It's just not together yet, but it's coming. I also have a cleaning business. If you guys, if you are in the Metro Detroit area and you need cleaning services, please check out my website. It's called Right to You Cleaning. The cleaning business is called Right to You Cleaning. And the website is www.right, and that's spelled R I G h-t-2-t-o-u-y-o-u cleaning c-l-e-a-n-i-n-g dot com um, and if you are interested in purchasing the book that I read from today you can find it on Amazon at Life After the Hell by Samantha L I will leave all of this information in the description box That'll be under the show title. All right. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to being back here next Saturday. Same time, 7 p.m. Standard Eastern Time. You know it's a podcast, so you can tune in when you feel like it. Share the, share the podcast, share the book, share the cleanup business, and just bless up. Peace up through the cleanup. Bye.